0: This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Daryl Chutka, a general internist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Breast cancer in men, it's very uncommon. It's expected that this year just under 3,000 men are likely to be diagnosed with it, and it's likely that just over 500 men will die from breast cancer. Because it's so uncommon, there aren't a lot of good studies which have been completed to educate us about this disease. With us today to discuss male breast cancer is Dr. Catherine Ruddy, an oncologist at the Mayo Clinic. Catherine, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, This is an interesting topic. Why don't we start by asking you to compare the frequency, or how common is breast cancer in men compared to women?
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. Male breast cancer is quite rare, as you state, only about 1% of all breast cancers happen in men. The chance that a man is going to get breast cancer is really much, much lower than that in a woman.
0: And how are they usually found? Do men come in noticing something? Do we find it on a physical exam? How is most breast cancer in men diagnosed?
1: It is usually detected by the man or his partner. Because we don't have routine mammographic screening in men, we're not finding these on imaging usually. It it often is that a man either detects a nipple abnormality or a mass in the breast or um, sometimes a mass under the arm, which would be unfortunately indication that that there's been axillary spread sometimes. Mm
0: I know I still teach physical diagnosis to our medical students and I instruct them to do a breast exam in men as well as women. But I have to admit in 40 years, I've never found a breast cancer in men. So it it is relatively uncommon. How about the pathology? Are the pathologic types of breast cancer the same as in women?
1: This is usually invasive ductal carcinoma um, and that's the most common subtype in women too. But some of the other subtypes are less common in men than they are in women. So the the invasive ductal carcinoma really is the predominant type in men.
0: Okay, and is it different in any way than in women, other than the frequency?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Male breast cancers are significantly more likely to be hormonally sensitive than female breast cancers. Most studies suggest that it's somewhere between ninety and ninety-five percent. Of all male breast cancers do express the estrogen receptor.
0: And is this an issue when men are taking an estrogen? I know we used to give estrogen more for prostate cancer, so why would a male get this if they're not taking estrogen?
1: The biggest risk factors for male breast cancer are family history and age, so that's true of female breast cancer too somewhere between 15 and 20% of men with breast cancer have a significant family history of breast or ovarian cancer. But there are other predisposing conditions. As you note, exogenous estrogen use is pretty rare in men, but um, that does seem to probably increase risk. Conditions like cirrhosis, so liver disease that can alter the hormone balance, that can play a role. And the data are a bit mixed, but probably obesity is a risk factor and testicular abnormalities that might impact hormone uh, milieu, probably increase risk of male breast cancer because it's so rare. It's very hard to study. So right. there've been some conflicting data, but those are probably factors.
0: So you mentioned hormonal imbalance. We, as you mentioned, we don't see men on estrogen much, but we do see a fair number taking exogenous testosterone. Is that an issue?
1: It may be. The data are a bit mixed on this, but we have seen some cases of male breast cancer in patients taking testosterone who don't have any other risk factors for breast cancer. That's hard to draw a direct causal link, but theoretically, we know that testosterone can be converted or androgens in general can be converted into estrogen, and that's actually something that we Target when we're trying to treat hormonally sensitive breast cancer in some patients, we actually try to block that from happening and therefore reduce estrogen levels in postmenopausal women. So theoretically, a testosterone supplement could potentially increase risk. Now, it's still a very rare condition. The increase in risk if it's there is quite small. So it's not that this is happening and that we're gonna see breast cancer in all men taking testosterone supplementation, but there probably is at least some small increased risk. And in breast cancer survivors, men who have had breast cancer, we do generally try to avoid testosterone supplementation out of concern that perhaps it could increase risk of recurrence.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And you also mentioned uh, a genetic component. Do men have the same increased risk when they have abnormal genes as women like uh, BRCA1 and 2 and some of the other abnormal genes which predispose women to breast cancer?
1: Yeah, about 10% of all men with breast cancer do carry a known deleterious genetic mutation. BRCA2 is the one that's actually the biggest issue here for men. It's the most clearly associated abnormality, although BRCA1 also does clearly have a risk. It connotes a lower risk for men than BRCA2 does. The lifetime risk of breast cancer in a man who carries BRCA2 is still only 1% to 6%. So that's a lot lower than even a woman in the general population who doesn't carry BRCA. So it is an increased risk over a man in the general population, but still lower than your average woman, even with one of these mutations.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's say we have a male in a family where bracket one or 2 is known to occur uh, in a first-degree relative. Is it common enough that the male should get tested, or is it still so uncommon that it's not worth doing that?
1: I do recommend testing because I think it can be important to guide a man's attention to breast tissue, for one thing, and also perhaps his children would then know more the value of their being tested if he does have biological children. Uh, And there are other cancers that can be associated with these genes as well. So I encourage genetic testing, and I think it can only help us understand how to screen. And as our understanding of male breast cancer evolves, knowing that a man carries a BRCA mutation, perhaps in combination with another genetic mutation, might impact his own care. I think as his physician, also primary care providers would likely be interested in knowing if a man did carry a BRCA mutation. You know, that might, for me at least, I would think that would be enough to really want to examine the breast tissue quite closely. And that might be a place where we could bind these cancers earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you're mentioning other risk factors and you mentioned age. And as I was doing reading on this topic, I came across most of the risk factors you talked about, but I was wondering about One thing we do see as men get older is gynecomastia. Do they have an increased risk?
1: This is a very controversial question. Some studies have suggested that, yes, gynecomastia is a risk factor. Others have not. There's probably some confounding factors like obesity that make it hard to fully tease out this issue. I think probably gynecomastia alone is not a risk factor, but obesity is, but research is still ongoing in this area.
0: Okay. So... We're a primary care provider, and the patient comes in noting a nodule, which he's not noticed in the past in one breast. What do we do next?
1: Usually breast imaging, meaning mammography and ultrasound usually, and then biopsy subsequently is generally performed, unless the imaging is very reassuring. But in general, in a man, uh, most breast lumps do end up going on to have biopsy, in my experience. Mm
0: -hmm. And are these... Tumors relatively easily seen by mammography? You know, for women, we sometimes will resort to a, a molecular breast imaging or MRI, but uh, are those needed in men?
1: This is an area that hasn't been particularly well researched. But uh, in my personal experience with my patients, the tumors that I've seen, unfortunately, by the time the cancer is large enough to be palpable, it does seem to be visible on imaging. So I, I haven't seen anyone at least that I can think of, who's had a mammographically occult tumor in a man.
0: Yeah, and since there's no screening for this, uh, it's unlikely to find very tiny lesions that are not yet palpable. Exactly. So the diagnosis, imaging, biopsy, and then how is it treated?
1: Well, we extrapolate our treatments for men from data in women largely because we, we've never had a successful large clinical trial in men to guide treatment. Uh, We have data that have been sort of retrospectively gathered to look at how men have done after different types of treatment. And that's been relatively reassuring that taking a similar approach in men to our approach in women is reasonable. So usually because these cancers are hormonally sensitive, that means the anti-estrogen treatment will definitely be part of this. And tamoxifen's been our standard, although we're about to hopefully launch a trial within the next year through the Translational Breast Cancer Research Consortium that will be a male-specific trial of hormonal therapy to better understand if tamoxifen is the best option for men. In addition, if breast cancer has not spread outside the breast and regional lymph nodes for a man, there'll be surgery, sometimes also radiation, and chemotherapy, depending on the extent of the disease and the biology of the cancer. Patients who have HER2-positive breast cancer, which can happen in men, are likely to get chemotherapy with HER2-directed therapy, the same way we treat women.
0: I've had some female patients where breast cancer is extremely common in their family, several sisters, their mother, their maternal grandmother, and presumably the positive for BRCA1-2. Let's say one of those patients had a brother who's very nervous about this would they be a candidate for a prophylactic mastectomy as in females?
1: So if a man did, let's say, test positive for BRCA2 and also had a very extensive family history of breast cancer, still his risk is going to be quite low compared to an average woman. Um, So usually prophylactic mastectomy is not recommended. Uh, That's not to say that a man has never chosen that. I think um, certainly I have men who choose to have their contralateral breast removed when they have an ipsilateral cancer in this setting, just out of real fear of having another incidence on the opposite side and having to deal with breast cancer treatment again. And because the data are not as robust in men as they are in women for risks, I do think in general, a man with a BRCA2 mutation and a strong family history may want to Think about mammography. Mammography is you know, not well-tested in men as a surveillance strategy, but these are the patients who perhaps um, may benefit. We need more research to really understand what the benefits might be in this setting, but I don't think it's unreasonable for men to be choosing mammography if they know that they're carrying a significant genetic risk of breast cancer.
0: And by that, you mean like annual mammography screening?
1: They can choose annual, they could choose you know, every other year. We have a paucity of data, but I think either one um, is a reasonable choice for men with significant family history and a BRCA2 mutation.
0: Mm-hmm. So presumably, these malignancies in men are found later than in women, since they're not going to be having screening mammograms. How does the survival rate in men compare to that of women?
1: That's exactly the issue. If we compare a tumor that's exactly the same size with the same nodal status and the same biology in a man to a woman, the outcomes are no worse in men. But when you look across the board, men do do worse than women because these tumors are not diagnosed until they're palpable. And that means that they're larger than the average tumor in a woman. It also means that they're more likely to be involving axillary lymph nodes. And so that's the reason we think that prognoses are worse across all men compared to all women.
0: All right. So other than as a primary care provider being aware that breast cancer can occur in men, should we be doing anything else?
1: Well, I think discussion, education, such that men are aware that they should bring any breast lump or nipple change to the attention of the primary care provider can be valuable, especially for men who do carry either a known BRCA mutation or just have a very significant family history of breast and or ovarian cancer. We do have to worry about them more than the average man. And so they need to get that education that any new, any breast change needs to be brought to the attention of the provider.
0: All right. Well, let's summarize what we've discussed. Can you give maybe two or three key points that summarize our discussion on male breast cancer?
1: Sure. I think I would summarize by saying that male breast cancer is rare, but it is still occurring in thousands of men in the U.S. each year, newly diagnosed, and most of these are self-detected. It's important that we as clinicians promptly assess with imaging and usually biopsy any new breast changes in a man, and Because male breast cancer tends to be hormonally driven, we're usually treating this with treatments that we extrapolate from data in women. Men who are diagnosed will generally be treated with an anti-estrogen treatment in addition to other therapies, including potentially surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy.
0: Well, we've been discussing breast cancer in men with Dr. Catherine Ruddy, an oncologist at the Mayo Clinic. Katie, thank you so much for sharing this information with us. It's uh, been very educational for me. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. It's an important topic, and I appreciate your covering it.
0: You can now listen to over 100 different medical topics developed for primary care providers on Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts. Find them at ce.mayo.edu or your favorite podcasting app. If you've enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcasts, please subscribe. Stay healthy and see you next week.